if I take care of those around me, the people that I take care of are going to take care of those around them. So if I look after my team, my team will look after the clients and we're going to be able to operate a really successful business here because everyone is happy and fulfilled. You're listening to Elevate, the official podcast of Elite Agent for real estate industry sales professionals, property managers and leaders. We are proud to present Courageous Conversations, a podcast series focusing on the tough decisions people have made to put themselves on a pathway to success. This episode is brought to you by Connect Now, who makes the business of moving easier for both you and your clients. For more information, visit connectnow.com.au. Please welcome your host, Leanne Pilkington. Hey everyone, Leanne Pilkington with you with the latest episode of Courageous Conversations and with me I have Nicole Katsabellas who's a partner and head of department for Jealous Craig down in Melbourne. Hey Nicole, how are you? Hi Leanne, I'm well, how are you? Yeah, going really well, thank you. So firstly, let's go back in time. Did you start your career in real estate? I did. I fell in love with property management when I was 15. I did work experience and I had a fantastic guide and mentor who showed me how rewarding property management can be. And I thought to myself, this is something that I'd really like to do with my life when I finish school and go off and get a job and start my career. So it was always property management for me. That's amazing to have that passion so young. That's fantastic. I love the ability to solve problems and to connect with people. That was really important. And there was so much variety, and I think that's what draws a lot of people into property management, the variety of it. It's not cut and dry, no two days ever the same. They're the conversations that I have with people on a day-to-day. Yeah, I like the idea of it's all about solving problems, whereas some people would say that property management is potentially all about having difficult conversations and managing conflict, right? But you've put a, a much more positive spin on it than that. I try to every day, and it's all a mindset shift. I think if you look at things from the negative perspective, that's what you're going to find and that's what's going to come to you each day. That's so true and that is such a simple line but so powerful. If you look at things from a negative perspective, that is what you're going to find. I'm going to write that down. And it's an industry that I find is really underrated. It kind of breaks my heart a little bit that a lot of people are leaving the industry because there's so many rewards within property management and real estate in general. and I think if people could see how to shift their mindset and their perspective, that we may not have the outcome that we're currently in now where so many people are choosing to look at different career options and leave property management because they're just too burnt out or it's too stressful. And so how is it? Because you've got, what, 24 people in the, you manage the property management department, 24 people. How many properties under management? Uh, Just over 2,000. Yeah. So how do you manage that within your own team? Because as I mentioned, you're in Melbourne, most lockdown city during COVID. And I know COVID's sort of over, but it's still having an impact, right, on our people. Most definitely. We've seen a lot of changes and property managers in particular have gone through the ringer. In the media, we hear a lot about the pressures that landlords are facing, the pressures that renters are facing, and they're all very, very true and very valid. And we have to navigate through that whilst also navigating ourselves internally and how we're going to best perform and how we're going to manage. I find that the best approach with my team is is through collaboration. I'm really big on collaborating with them and bringing them along on this journey. 
and really emphasising the fact that this is a really rewarding career and you just need to find the rewards within the career. So doing the things that are going to get you the thank yous as opposed to walking away from a situation feeling deflated, feeling that it was thankless. Um, Really, really big on busting that myth that property management is a thankless role because my experience has taught me the opposite. It's a really rewarding career and I've been able to start off at entry level at a reception role, work my way up throughout the property management business and stand here today, partner and head of department, which I'm really, really honoured to be in working with a company that is so aligned with my mission and values. Which is so important. Yeah, Jealous Craig have got a fantastic reputation in the industry around the country, even though it is Victorian-based. It's a very well-known brand and you deserve to be very proud of your career so far. We actually did a session not that long ago and asked everybody who started as a receptionist to stand up. It was really powerful because almost every female business owner in that room, myself included, started as a receptionist. And we said to all the blokes who were sitting there going, you know, have a look around and think about your team now. Who is it in your team that you think has got that long-term potential? And it's really worth thinking about for all the business owners out there, right? I agree. I challenge anyone to step into a different role and work with someone else for a day, a week to get that experience. And quite often now, I'll jump on to our reception desk. We're a very big open space and we don't operate as a hierarchy. It's really important that we're at the same level. We manage people at the same level. So when I'm speaking to someone in my team or I'm speaking to a director, I'm speaking to a stakeholder, a supplier, my tone and my communication with them doesn't change. They're all so valuable and so important in their own right. And quite often I'll jump on to a reception desk, even if it's for five or 10 minutes, to really understand what are the gaps and what am I not seeing at my level that could really help the customers get a better experience and help the team perform better because you don't know what you don't know. And so it's really good to put yourself in those scenarios on a regular basis so that you can see things from a different perspective. Yeah, I completely agree. That's a great advice, actually, for anybody is to step into those roles and particularly reception because the receptionist is a much more difficult role than a lot of people realise just trying to navigate between the customer and the property manager or salesperson who doesn't want to speak to that person. And it can be a really complicated role. So you obviously lead by example. I never ask anyone to do something that I'm not prepared to do myself. And I love property management. I think it's a fantastic industry to be a part of. And so I'm quite happy to get my hands dirty and to do things that sometimes people don't expect me to do because of my position. But I think it's really important that if you're expecting people to behave a certain way and to uphold a certain standard, they really need to see that from the top and with everyone in the organisation. Culture is about what people are doing when management's not looking. So how are you showing up when the people around you aren't watching. I completely agree. I often say when I speak at events, I often say that my leadership journey started when I was doing things that I didn't realise people were watching and I got a lot of opportunity because I behaved that way. I wasn't looking for someone to say I was doing a good job. I didn't know anybody was watching, but it's who you are, right? Exactly right. And I think that it is something that you can develop over time, but you need to get started and the care and the desire to want to know and want to be, but um, not push things under the surface and just pretend that it's not happening or delegate it to someone else. You really have to want to steer into that and be across what's happening within the organisation in order to make a positive change. 
Yeah, absolutely. My mind's going a million different directions right now, but I do want to make sure that we talk about your journey to partnership because we often talk about the fact that there aren't enough female leaders in the real estate industry. How did you become a partner? Through a lot of hard work and unwavering determination, really. I knew within me that I wanted to be in a position where I could have an impact and I could make a difference to not only my life, but to other people's lives in general. And there is a level of responsibility that comes with becoming a partner or becoming a director or a business owner that I thought that if I continued to strive and grow in that direction, that I would be able to fulfill my mission of having that impact. And it came with its challenges because you're brought up with values and those values can sometimes turn into limiting beliefs. And you ask yourself these questions constantly in your mind and they replay that, am I good enough? Am I smart enough? And so you were having those questions about whether you were good enough and smart enough to actually become a partner? I was having those questions internally about, am I good enough to get there? And do I deserve to be here? Which is really, really confronting because I know that I I deserve to be here and I know that I'm good enough. But did you really? I knew that within me, I had a lot of skill, ability, desire and drive to want to better myself. And I'm on a continuous journey. I always look at self-development and self-improvement and dedicate a lot of my time to doing that. And having a really good support network around you that saw the things in me that I didn't see was key here because I would be venting and telling someone about my experience or how I perceive things. And they would tell me, Nicole, we don't see it that way at all. You've actually done X, Y, Z really, really well. And you need to look at it from a different perspective. Don't be too hard on yourself. I used to hear that constantly. And stepping back and looking at the evidence, what do other people say that I don't see myself? Are they true? What evidence do I have to support this? Really unblocked those limiting beliefs within me and that self-sabotage because it's scary. It's scary stepping into a higher position, more responsibility into the unknown. Yeah, what happens if you fail, right? What happens if I fail? Yeah, yeah, it's huge, really, really confronting. Yeah, and so it's not easy to look at things from a different perspective, but it's one of the great strengths of anybody. I know that's one of the things that I have developed that I can do really well. I can look at a situation from my perspective as the franchisor but also from my business owner's perspective as franchisee, and quite often they're opposite, right? So how did you develop that ability to look at other perspectives outside of your own? I've got a desire to care for people quite deeply and I use a nurturing ability to be able to lead my team. And I think stepping into the shoes of others and giving back to others allowed me to then be kinder to myself because you get a reward and a kick out of it when you give back to someone else and you help someone through a challenging circumstance. And I saw so many positive outcomes and benefits from me giving back to people that I needed to look within and go, okay, well, how do I give back to me? How do I fill up my cup here? Yeah, right. I'm doing all of this for everybody else and I'm still not feeling great about what I'm doing. That's really interesting. Okay. And I think when you when you have a little bit more responsibility on your plate and you're, you're stepping into to different roles, you're having to deal with other people's conflict and you're having to deal with challenging circumstances. And quite often, especially in property management, we take things really personally. We think, oh, this is about me and I've done something wrong here and the client's really, really upset because it must have been something that I've done. But when you're dealing with that on behalf of someone else, you know within yourself that it's not personal. 
And so you've got no option other than to look at it objectively and go, okay, well, what are the facts here? What's actually true? And being able to shift my perspective by breaking it down into small bite-sized chunks and also providing that care and nurturing to the team is what helped me get over the line and shift my mindset. Yeah, that whole taking things personally is an issue in a lot of teams, right? And it's very rarely personal. It's not an easy thing to actually step outside of that yourself. It never is personal. I was watching a video a few days ago where someone was talking about their experience and they said, only hurt people hurt people. And that really resonated with me. Something's going on with that client in their life or that person within their life. And no one wakes up in a day and says, I'm going to have my coffee, I'm going to go for my run, I'm going to get my kids ready for school. And by the way, I'm going to call my property manager and make their life hell today. No one ever does that. So they've got something going on within their set of circumstances that's making them really highly stressed or angry or confused or fearful within themselves. So it never, never really is about being personal attack. But because property managers care so much about their work and what they do and doing a good job, I think that they've got no other option but to take it personally. And it's a mindset shift and I think one that you only really break when you're able to help someone else resolve things. Yeah, I completely agree. We only ever see the behaviour. We never see the intent or the motivation or the issues behind the behaviour. And as you say, everyone's got so much going on in their life and the property managers do just get the brunt of it at times, that's for sure. Now, I know you're doing some coaching with the gorgeous Tangelee. Tell me why you decided to get external support. I felt that it was the right time. I felt that I needed something extra to push me out of my comfort zone and to help me grow. I don't like staying comfortable. I like pushing the boundaries and trying new things and always trying to be the best version of myself that I can possibly be so that I'm fulfilled internally and also to show others, especially my direct team members, that there is so much opportunity out here within the industry. And that if you ask for some help and some support, there are people around you that will help you and guide you through that journey and get you to where you want to be within your career and help you develop skills that you would like to obtain. I think that there is a greatness regarding learning and uncovering and self-development. And it's something that I try to do on a regular basis to continue to grow otherwise you just stay stagnant yeah and a lot of people don't like to push themselves out of their comfort zone but that's when all of the growth happens right you also don't learn a lot by doing things well you learn more when you actually make mistakes and things don't go as smoothly as you'd like them and you take the time to then reflect and learn and change the way you do things right it's not always the good times that bring us the best growth I completely agree you have to be comfortable making mistakes and and knowing that it's okay to make a mistake. It's not the end of the world and you can always recover from things. And there's always someone out there within your network that might have dealt with something similar that you can draw off that experience. And even if they haven't dealt with something similar, having that support network around you, you feel like you're not alone in it and that there's someone else walking with you to get you through to the other side. And it's never as bad as what we make it out to be in our own minds. No, that's for sure. Yeah, between uh, if you rate a problem between 1 and 10 with 10 being death, how serious is the problem? And usually things are only ever a, a 1 or 2 and how important will this be next week, next month, next year? They're all really good questions to ask if someone is anxious about something that's gone wrong. I agree. I use that analogy all the time. I call it the catastrophe scale. 
I imagine myself in a room and I go, okay, what if I was on a catastrophe scale, where's the worst place I could possibly be right now? And then I break it down into, into percentages, go 100%. I could be struggling through poverty in a war-torn country, going through violence and chaos and all these horrible things that does happen in the world. And then I put what I believe is my problem at the time on that catastrophe scale and it puts things into perspective going, there's, this is not something that I'm going to remember in five years' time or that's going to impact my life significantly that I need to put so much emphasis on worrying about this right now. It's going to be okay and I'm going to figure it out. Yeah, absolutely. It all comes back to that perspective again, doesn't it? It does, yes. Yeah. Now, you've mentioned culture is important and it's important in every business. How do you make sure that the people that are coming into your team have got the right culture and then how do you actually live the culture in your team? We make sure that we take the recruitment process really, really slow and I think that's important because making sure that people align with, with your values is important. You, I think you mentioned it before, we spend a lot of our time in the office together. We spend more time with people we work with and what we do our own families. So it's really important that that person is going to be comfortable within the organisation to live and breathe the company's values and to get the most out of their own personal journeys as well. I like to think of it as if I take care of those around me, the people that I take care of are going to take care of those around them. So if I look after my team, my team will look after the clients and we're going to be able to operate a really successful business here because everyone is happy and fulfilled and coming into work every day knowing that they're well supported, that they have career progression and growth and they're able to contribute and make a difference. I utilise the coaching managerial skill and heavily thrive on collaboration. I think it's important to get people involved in decision-making and processes because they're at the end of the day going to have to follow through with them and, and perform them in their roles. And I never think that the ideas in my mind are the smartest or the best ideas. And I love drawing ideas and perspectives from other people because they'll be able to see a side that I haven't potentially seen and will be able to create something that is 100 times better than something that I would have had to have done solely on my own. So that's how we keep the culture going. Yeah, absolutely. So you would consider that you coach your team rather than manage them? I think there's a fine line and a mixture of, of both. If I provide the platform of coaching and guiding them through certain circumstances, the managerial stuff that is stereotypical and on the more formal side, I find that we don't really have to experience much of that if we come from a place of coaching and collaboration because people understand what's expected of them. They know what they're doing when they're performing at their best and they're able to fill their KPIs, their targets, with very minimal supervision. I think that if you hover over people too much and that there's a phrase which I don't particularly like using in our organisation, which is micromanagement, I think if we move away from that, People can really shine and they can surprise you and they can do great things when they feel that they've got the space to be able to perform. But you've got to give them the time, your time as a leader at the beginning. What I find is people will just go, oh, look, give it to me, I'll do it. Or they'll just tell their team member what needs to be done rather than coaching the team member into thinking themselves about what the solution is. And it takes more time at the beginning 
but ultimately you're building much stronger team members over time. Absolutely. I think it took me six to seven years before I felt confident within property management to go, I've navigated enough here to know that I can handle anything that gets thrown at me. And what I'm seeing with the new people coming into the industry is they're so technologically superior and so quick and they absorb information so quickly, which is fantastic. And if we demonstrate for them how things should be done or the best way to get an outcome, they're able to pick up on that and they remember that for next time. They might not have to apply that for another 6 to 12 months, but when that scenario does come up again, they'll be able to pull that out of their memory bank and say, hey, I remember when I did it this way and it really worked well. And you just give everything a go and, and try and if it doesn't work out, you pivot and, and if it does work out, you celebrate the win and you pat yourself on, on the back and, and have an awesome rest of your day. Absolutely. All right, we've been talking for nearly half an hour already, would you believe? Oh, wow. Yeah, I know, time flies. So before I let you go, I would love you to give some tips to the people who are listening on how you actually get over those self-limiting beliefs and push yourself forward in a conversation like you've had to obviously have about becoming a partner. I think the number one key takeaway for me was create a really strong support network around you. I think that if you have people that are in your corner and that generally want the best for you, they will help guide you on the days that you don't feel that you're performing at your best. So having a a good support network, looking at the facts and asking yourself, what evidence do I have to support this was, was really pivotal for me because when I looked at it from a different perspective, it was never as scary or daunting as what I made it out to be in my mind when those overcoming and limiting beliefs were in the forefront. And to be authentically true to yourself and know what your goals are and what drives you and not allowing external noise to penetrate that, I think is really, really powerful. Know the direction in which you're going. And if it's not something that is serving you, you can always change. But being true within yourself is key here as well. And there is often external noise and there are people around you that are not always in your corner, right? Like it or not. I know. It's true. And I think that if you stand true to what you believe in and that you do a good job every day and are proud of what you've been able to accomplish internally, nothing else around you will matter. Knowing that you're comfortable with yourself and what you've been able to achieve is the most important part because you're going to have to live with that every day and and be happy with what you've accomplished. Yeah, absolutely. Couldn't agree more. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure to spend the last half an hour with you. Thank you so much for taking the time and good luck with your, I have no doubt your career is going to continue climbing upwards. So well done. Well, thank you, Leanne. Thanks for your time today. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Courageous Conversations with thanks to connectnow.com.au. Don't forget to get access to all of Elite Agency's premium resources, including a detailed episode guide for this podcast. Visit joineliteagent.com.